Father, we thank you for the spirit of prayer and supplication in our midst. Holy Spirit, thank you, Spirit of grace. Thank you, Spirit of truth. Thank you. Teach us this morning. Help our hearts. Help our spirits. Help our physical bodies. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there was, we can have our seats, God bless you. There was something the Holy Spirit said to me this week. He said, the, the difference between God's intention and God's action is man's response. Many times there are things that are in the heart of God that would forever stay in the heart of the Father. Because God, the Father doesn't find a man through which he can express those things. All of us know the, the, the Lord's prayer that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there is no issue about the will of God in heaven. Everybody knows where in heaven, everybody knows their job, everybody knows where they stand. And everybody knows what the consequence of rebellion is. God was there when the devil was convincing one third of the angels to follow him into rebellion. Yet he didn't get God off his throne. Is it now that whatever the devil is trying to do that will get God off his throne? No. It, it, God has a solution for everything. But because of the nature, the, but because he has willed, the, he has given the heart to the children of men. Now, God now has to only do things on earth through the children of men. So, the difference between God's intentions and his eventual response or his, his eventual action is man's response. And today, we are looking at components of effective prayer. If praying is one of man's, is one of the ways we respond to God, what prayer is is a relationship what prayer is is a discussion what prayer is is a petition what prayer is 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 a, a an invitation there is nothing we are praying for that god doesn't already know we need there's no prayer we are praying that that, that gets to god as a new thing he already knows but the reason we pray is to invite him in is to is to say this is the situation we need you to take charge no it is to say okay god this is what you intend to do we then we are telling you now that we are available that you can do what you want to do through us so prayer is just beyond asking for things and i might even say this early now that if all the prayers we still pray as a child of god there are prayers of god give me god do this for me god do this for me and my children god if those are the only prayers we still pray we are we are at the basic level of praying because the prayer of God, like in the, in the, the, we would look at the Lord's prayer at some point, but it says your, my, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the whole point of praying on earth is that the will of God be done. Yes, we might have our plans. Yes, we might have our, our purpose and all the things that we want to do and all that. But all of that should be in the context of the will of God. If it is one of the critical components of prayer, it is that for it to be answered, it has to be according to the will of God. But that's not the part we are doing today. The part we are looking at today is, is 
I'm going to try to show us from the old from the, from you know I started to mention some something a few weeks ago about the the way people try to put a divide between the New Testament and the Old Testament. So today we are going to look at something that shows us about that that shows us prayer from the Old Testament perspective. So, but first of all, I need to read Hebrews chapter ten. So if you can turn your Bibles quickly to Hebrews chapter ten. We are most likely going, not going to finish this today anyway, but it's okay. It's 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 prayer month. How many of you are ready for 40 days fasting and prayer? You ready? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 1. It says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. It says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come. So the law that God brought through Moses was a shadow of things to come. So imagine all of us, we've seen our shadows before. Have you? Have you seen your shadow before? Okay, if you've seen your shadow before, can somebody tell that it is you if they were looking at only your shadow? But can they tell that it's human? They can tell, oh, okay. Even in some cases, you might be able to tell this is a man, this is a woman, based on the outline of the shadow, right? That is exactly what the law is. The law is a shadow of what is to come. And because, and, and that's what the, that was the main challenge with the law, that even though it gave you an outline of things, it didn't give you the full representation of it. Every shadow you have seen before is what? It's black, isn't it? Shadow is always black, whereas you are wearing a white dress or a pink one or something. Details like that, your shadow cannot give you. But at least it gives you the impression, okay, this is a man, this is a woman. So the law was limited in the sense that it could only give you a shadow of what is to come. But does that mean that your shadow is is not part of you? Is your shadow part of you? Or is it not part of you? you are the one that casts the shadow based on the angle of light. You understand? So your shadow is yours. You know your shadow usually starts from your feet. So you can't say someone else's shadow is your whole because it's literally starting from your feet. Yet, it is just a, an angle. It's just an outline of what the whole picture looks like. You have seen shadows that, that can be casted in such a way that it will be so long, you think the person is the tallest person ever, and then you see the person, and the person is not even that tall. All sorts of things that you're... Sha- the, so the, the, the issue with the law was that it made glaring the imperfections of man to reach God. It made it very obvious that while there is an outline of all these things, that's why when you now look through the items of the law, you see that all they were were just shadows of the real thing. They were offering the blood of goats and bulls, pending the time that the real offering, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, would turn up. And so if you if you read, I don't know if I want us to read the entire thing now, but um, let's go to uh, verse I want to skip a bit. Okay, if from verse um, 6. 
It says, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. See, it says, which are offered according to the law. So, because it, people read this passage and conclude that God was interested in sacrifices. If that is true, then why did Jesus come and sacrifice? Why was the Lord Jesus Christ sacrificed? So, the issue was not that sacrificing. The issue was the item that was being sacrificed. You will see that if at some point, maybe we would eventually do a full-blown comparison of both. But you will realize that at, uh, the, 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 the rules didn't really change. The, the, the principles didn't change. The items of sacrifice changed. The, the approach changed. But the laws and the principles underpinning everything the Lord wanted to do, those things still exist. For example, now, after Jesus died, did it, was the temple in heaven destroyed? No, it wasn't. So uh, whereas Moses built, because you know we were studying that, the Lord said to Moses that you must make sure you build according to what you are shown. So that means there was a temple in heaven that Moses was shown, and God said, when you get down, this thing you have seen, you see the way the altar of incense looks like, you see the way the lampstand looks like, you see where, how everything looks like. When you get down, make sure you do it carefully like you saw. And even though, so even after Jesus had died, that temple is still there because if you look at, um, I'm about to jump now. Yeah, I'm just going to jump. If you look at Revelations chapter 8, quickly, just go to Revelations chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. It says, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was where before the throne that means is the altar is there the throne is ahead right the same way in the tabernacle of moses you had the golden censer just before the veil that faced the holy of holies so you couldn't you could not bypass that altar to get to the throne to get to the mercy seat the throne is the mercy seat so you understand so you realize that even the layout of heaven follows the the pattern of the tabernacle of Moses. And if that is true, then you, if you now begin to take the items of the tabernacle, I think we did this study sometimes ago, maybe two, three years ago, where you could take each item of the, the temple and look at the New Testament implication, and you will realize that they, they align. Even when Paul is talking of when you uh, the washing of the water by the word, you are talking of the of the basin of the lava where you go and wash. You talk of the sacrifice Jesus Christ. You talk of just as being the high priest. You see the actions of Aaron, and you try to, and you look at the actions of Jesus, and you start to draw the parallels of those things. So, and having said all of that, you see now the the first description of the altar of incense is in Exodus thirty. So if we jump to Exodus, that's where we are going to camp today, actually. We are going to camp in Exodus, like the children of Israel. So uh, Exodus 30 from verse 1, it says, You shall make an altar of burnt, of burnt 
you shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be the length, the cubit is width, it shall be square, and two cubits shall be the height, and all that. If you now jump to verse 6, it says, And you shall put it before the veil that is before the ark of testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. So you start from there, and we know that incense, because that Revelation 8 that we read, it said that the incense that the angel offered was the prayer of the saints. So you see the direct correlation between the altar of incense in front of the Holy of Holies, where incense was was offered, and then the angel in heaven also offers incense that is called the prayer of the saints. So that's the the thing, when we pray, when our prayer, when we pray acceptable prayers, it, 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 the form it goes up to the Father is in form of incense being offered. So it, 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 so it doesn't matter whether you can speak in tongues and you have like five thousand syllables. You know, sometimes the Holy Ghost can <laughs> come upon you. As it, I don't know if it's happened to us before that you are praying in tongues and you can tell when you are switching languages in the spirit. Has it happened to you before? You can tell. You know you have gone from. You you know you've gone through two, three, four languages, and other times you've got one syllable and you are just on that syllable until you finish praying. Whether you've done one syllable or you have done five languages, the form all of it will rise up to God, is in form of incense. So let me let me pause there. So that verse six. It says that you shall put it before the veil that is before the ark of the testimony, because bef- before the message say that is over the testimony where I will meet with you. And here you start to see the characteristics of, of the, the way in the, old, in the Old Testament prayer was structured. There, there are certain things, instructions that God gave in this passage that would that inform how you should pray. The first thing is in that verse 6. He said it is before the veil of the Holy of Holies. That means you cannot access the Holy of Holies without going through prayer. That means prayer is one of the, is the major way that by which we access the message. We were having a conversation some, some uh, recently and, and with someone and, and, and one of the things I said was that you know, sometimes because people think God is just this God that just yaps and yaps and yaps and yaps every time. People think that they can just, you know, you, 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 or maybe because in public you have seen people ask God things and they get the response in, in, in one minute. And, they can, and you kind of feel that is how God does every time. The reason somebody can come publicly and say, and say and ask God something and, and, and God answers in an instant is because that is the place of the demonstration of the person of God. But when they get to their privacy, you know, <laughs> have you seen people before that they can they minister to people that don't have children and they are distributing twins and the person that is ministering does not have a child? Is it that the person doesn't know how to pray? So there are different different dynamics to interaction with God, but it is it is fallacy to 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 think that you can just snap like this and God will answer. Who are you? 
it is it is all the quick answers we get are from from a place of fellowship a place of reference the a place of where your your the the, the the state of your altar we will see from some of these verses that we read it is the state of your altar that will determine the way god would answer you in public when we all know the story of 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 elijah and the prophets of baal the Bible says when it was his turn to offer sacrifice, he started to say, oh, God of my fathers and all that. Before, the Bible says before he finished, the Bible says that before he finished praying, fire came from heaven and devoured the sacrifice, right? Is that what God said? But when it was time for rain, what did Elijah do? Put his head in the middle of his, of, of his leg. Have you tried that position before? It is so difficult. Elijah must be a very slim man. Because if you have some tummy, <laughs> it's a difficult position to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, when it was time for rain now, the same God that answered him before he finished praying, when it was time for rain, he put his head, bowed his head and prayed, and maybe he prayed for an hour, and then said, servant, go and check. Servant went, check, nothing, came back. Prayed, 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 prayed. And in my opinion, I have no proof. I think I was I would I would imagine that he prayed for one hour. <laughs> Maybe be prayed for like an hour each time. Pray for one hour, go and check, nothing. Come back. Pray. And at the seventh time he saw a thing, he saw a cloud like the finger of a man, and I said, That's it. That's it. So there, there are situations where God would answer you quickly. There are situations where you will press and press and press and press and press because God is a king. If you, if, the, if you are looking for the king, you go to the palace you are looking for. If you go to Buckingham Palace looking for the queen, if she doesn't come out, what are you going to do? Are you going to go and meet her in a room? If she comes out, <laughs> wonderful. The day she doesn't come you know, I heard the story of, of somebody that he had been praying to God for, I think something happened, so he decided to go and pray. And it took maybe like three days off to to go book maybe like an hotel lock the door and pray that pray that three straight days nothing he didn't hear pim not a word not a verse nothing so he said so he packed his bag on the third day his his, his rent has expired he needed to go back home. so he packed his bag and he said lord you can't say i did not try <laughs> You cannot say I did not try. You know I tried. <laughs> you know I tried. It was it was on the drive home that God now said something. <laughs> Three days, no, no food, no water. God, 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 nada. And then on the way home, God said, "Oh, by the way, I heard you called my name. <laughs> what do you want?" So that's why the Lord Jesus said that after we have done all that we are supposed to, we should still come back and say, unprofitable servant. It's not because what you did is unprofitable. It's a position of mercy. It's, there is nothing in ourselves. A servant of God was saying that um, somebody, that he knew somebody that went, that decided they were going to seek God like crazy. And this person started fasting every day. And this person fasted for more than 400 days. And and more than four hundred days, that's more than a year. Fasting every day for more than a year. This servant of God now said he, he he decided to join him, I think for the last three days of the person's fasting and prayer. The the servant of God that joined three days after, he saw God 
he received power. The person that did 400 plus days, nada. Nothing. <laughs> because, you know, many times as believers, we, we, sometimes we have the mentality that we can railroad God into answering you. you if, God, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to jump down the street. Jump. When you jump and you die and you go to hell, we will see whether God is still God or not. No, we cannot threaten God. What happens is that God has said that a contract heart he would not despise. So God would not ignore us just because he's trying to prove a point that it's God. No, there is a posture we can assume that will guarantee that because God is bound by his own word to always show up, he will eventually show up. But the point is, the time between you ask and the time you show up might not always be instant. You know, we are the ones that are bound in time. God is not. We are the ones that run out of time. God does not. So all, all, all of those things are to show us that event, even though we, we, there, is a, there is a heart, there is an heart, there is a way to pray. There are components that we should include in our prayers. At the end of the day, you must have it at the back of your mind that it is not because you fasted for seven days that God will answer you. God would answer you because God has deemed it fit to answer you. We cannot bully God. You cannot railroad God. You certainly cannot blackmail God. And you cannot murmur at God. He will send you snakes. That's, that, you know, that's the definition of God. God. I was having a discussion with somebody some weeks ago. And the person was telling me how afraid she is to go to hell. I'm like, why? And the person said the fact that according to where they are from, they are not supposed to talk. If they really want to practice what they were taught, they should not even talk to men. So that the fact that she's talking to me and we're in the same office space and she's talking to me like this, she's guaranteed hell, essentially. So I started to have that discussion and, and it, it made me think that, and I was telling her that my own opinion of God is, is, is not that God rules people with, a, with an iron fist. It is that if you, if you only do the things that God says you should do because it will punish you if you don't do it, what kind of God is that? There's no relationship. There is no, oh, you know, you cannot pour your heart out. Even, and, and apparently, even after you have done, even when you fulfill the law and everything, <laughs> when you get to the other side, if that God still feels like dunking you in fire, <laughs> he will still dunk you in fire anyway. So there is even no assurance that even after you have done all, you've lived like a monk, you have done all the things that they said you should do to the best of it. There is no guarantee that when you get there, you still cannot be thrown in hell on a whim. Whereas the Lord God Almighty is not going to do that. You cannot do the things worthy of heaven and then the Lord throws you to hell. It's not going to happen. So different, different perspectives of, of relationship of who God is. But it, that's not really what we are considering today. We are only looking at prayer. As Praying is not the only way you get to God, you to interact with God, because praying is essentially an interaction. You interact with God when you read the scriptures. You interact with God when you do the things he says you should do. You interact with God when you fellowship with believers. Other ways, but one of the, the major way we are considering today is in terms of prayer. So I, like I said in that verse 6, Exodus 30 verse 6, that the, the altar is right be before the veil. It means you cannot get to God without offering incense, without prayers. That is the first one. By the time you get to verse 7 also, 
Then it says, Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. When he tends the lamb, he shall burn incense on it. And when, and when, um, and when Aaron lights the lamp at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generation. You would, if you, you know, it was yesterday when I was reading this thing, and I realized that you, the only times he could go near to burn incense was when he was tending the menorah, the golden lampstand. So unless he was interacting with the golden lampstand, he, there was, he couldn't go offer incense. The golden lampstand, what does it stand for? It stands for the seven expressions of the Holy Ghost. The same stem, seven different expressions. Essentially showing us a pattern that you cannot say you want to go and pray without an interaction with the Holy Ghost. You cannot say, if Aaron went in and just said, I'm going to go and offer incense, and ignores the menorah, the fire is going to catch, he will be shocked. Well, it was one of the reasons that the sons died. It not only, they, they offered strange fire, but they also went to... They I believe that what happened to those sons was that they got drunk. Because immediately after that incident, the Lord came and said, since you people don't have sense, let me tell you sense. When you come to the temple, don't be drunk. You will think that the fear of God will be enough in their hearts that God didn't need to say, don't come to the temple don't come to the tabernacle drunk. But since they didn't have sense, and they did, God, immediately after, the Lord said, by the way, when you come to serve, offer um, offerings in the tabernacle, make sure that you are not drunk. So I think, in my opinion, they got drunk and wanted, needed to go and do their service. And they decided, ah, let us, because the fire that they had to use was the fire from the altar of sacrifice, that it was God himself that kindled. So he's looking there. Ah, okay, let me just carry a candle. Maybe he carry. He brought. Maybe he wanted to go and do it in the evening. Brought a candle from his house, and decided, I don't want to go back outside. Oh yeah, let me just use the fire from the the lamp I brought from my house, and they decided to use it and they caught fire. So so according to that verse verse seven here, you 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 only offer incense at the times when you are interacting with the menorah, with the seven golden lampstand, with the seven, can, um, the, the golden lampstand. That is to say, the Holy Ghost must be involved in your prayer exercise. You cannot, you, you, you know, the scriptures tell us that we don't even know what to pray as we are supposed to pray, but the Spirit helps our infirmities. That is to say, there is no way you can put, express whatever is bugging you in a way that is intelligible to God without the, the help of the Holy Ghost. So if that means if you are not if you are not using the help of the Holy Ghost, you are either saying things the way you are not supposed to say it, you act or saying things that you that is not what is your problem. You know, many times a believer goes to God and starts to say, Oh God, I need uh, I need a house, I need a car, I need something. I don't know if it's happened to you before. You 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 go to God and say I need A B C D and then at some point you start to pray in the Holy Ghost and then the Holy Spirit gives you a bit of an understanding of what you are saying in the spirit and you realize that what you are saying and what you came to say are two different matters because it is the Holy Ghost that knows what you need to be saying at that point 
the other way the Holy Ghost helps us is even if you are not praying, the, even if you pray the Holy Ghost a bit, then the pray a prayer point drops into your spirit. If you ignore that prayer point and you go and pray the one you came with your paper with, as far as God is concerned, you did not pray. Because when the Holy Ghost comes and furnishes understanding, I want us to understand that prayer is not just an independent thing. You don't pray, and you will see uh, in this this same few verses. You see, prayer is not just an exercise you do by itself. It 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 exists as part of a broader, as part of an ecosystem of interactions with God or following the laws of God, and then you can stand and pray. And God answers. So when you are standing before God and pray, you are not only you are like I've told us before, you are standing there with the list of the obedience. You are standing there with with what makes with everything you have become before God. Everything God has made you, everything that you have become in your journey. So you are standing there with everything, all the times you have obeyed, all the times you have sacrificed. Even that so that even when you cannot find the words to say, God can look at you. And remember all these promises, and remember all the times you did this, and remember that you did this, and, on, and not even on the basis of what you have said, but on the basis of who you have become in Him. Then He answers you. Okay, somebody has headache. They lay their hands on their head. They pray about it. It doesn't go. You go to the servant of God. The servant of God lays hands on you. Your headache vanishes. What's the difference between you? Saying the exact same words. What is it between you and the servant of God? There's authority. There is standing. Maybe the person has spent 30 years of their life serving God. <laughs> Maybe the person prays five hours every day. Those things in themselves might not be the only reason. But when, you, when, when God looks at the totality of how much that person has become like Jesus, you understand why we can pray the same prayers, but our results are not always the same. Because more than what you say, God looks at who you are. God bless us in Jesus' name. Uh, so that verse, um, let me keep going. Verse 8. Verse 8 says, And when Aaron lights the lamp at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generation. This is where Luke eighteen one came from, and where Jesus said, "Man, men ought to always pray and not faint." God was telling that your 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 burning of incense must be perpetual; it must be regular. Every you come in the morning, you offer it. You come in the afternoon, so you offer it. So there, there's something about prayer that has to be perpetual, that has to be consistent. God. None of us here, the, the most holy person that has walked this planet is the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? And how much did he pray? You know, my, one, of the, when I, one of the things that, that I always look at when I read the story of the Lord Jesus is that they came and told him that, oh, by the way, they are beheaded John the Baptist. The Bible says, and then the Lord Jesus withdrew to the mountain, partly to go and mourn his forerunner, and partly to go and talk to his father. See? They bearded the prophet and all that. And then the Bible says the multitude came and he had compassion on them 
and he, 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 he started to speak to them at some at some point he had to feed them and then he sent the, and then the bible says that he told the disciples to get into the boat to start getting on their journey that he would dispatch the crowd do what he needs to do and then join them none of the disciples thought if we live with the boat what will you come with you know the, in their fishermen instincts uh, the boss will be fine so they jumped in the in the ship and they started to make their way the bible says the lord jesus went to pray and uh, and uh, about six to nine hours later he had the, the disciples saw him walking on water and the bible's the part that scares me there are two parts that terrify me and the bible says and he would have passed them by that means they left about six to nine hours ago he went to pray the person that, that that left nine hours later was going to walk past the people that were in the boat and he would have just walked past them they would have eventually gotten to shore but maybe they would their, their ship would have broken like the ship of apostle that suffered shipwreck and they would have had to unplank at different bits and pieces of the ship they would have none of them would have died because the lord jesus could not lose his disciples it was impossible the sea cannot even swallow them they will, even if a fish a fish will carry them and go and spit them next to jesus on the shore so the, they were not going to die but the, the the condition that they would have got it to the lord jesus would be would have been an entirely different scenario but yet the the person that went to pray would have passed them by so many times in our lives where it looks like people are just passing you by and people are just achieving things and you are not and it seems like you that you are god is just keeping you in in a shape or form and all that and you are not too happy with it let me tell you when people when if you stay with god eventually what happens is that you will soar on the wings of the eagle and when people where people have struggled to get through they will you would find out that it will be easy for you you know i did an interview not too long ago and it was literally the only application for my field it was the only one <laughs> you know the, the story behind all of that is, is is just quite you know it's just god because you you I just had, I, I, I saw that was, I was like, let me apply for I, There was someone who wrote the application for. When it came to pressing submit, I canceled it. I didn't press submit. Because I just, I, because I, I had in my, in my spirit that, nah, nah, that's only one. I let, I, it's one of the plans I've been praying for a long time that I want to get to a place where there is so much precision that I don't have to do 10 things hoping that one of them is right. I don't want them a bunch of keys and have to try them all to find the one that opens the door I want to enter. Can I know which key does what? So so it was you know it was it was a a a good thing that eventually it was one application end of story. And we move like like one of my favorite friends would say or whatever she would say we move <laughs> no limits you know things like that <laughs> so we can get to that place in the place of prayer that the lord starts to one of the things prayer does is that it sharpens your spiritual perception you start to 
you can pick signals when we were praying earlier we were saying things like people that that many as many times as christians we live on the defensive you know like like uh what happened recently that pastor busi called me and i was having to call people to confirm it was true or not and we eventually found out that it is true and all that and, and that it has happened it has happened it just occurred to me that how come that none of us had an inkling that something that terrible was going to happen how come that nobody what happened how come that nobody could pick in their spirit that something similar was going to happen and i was just i was just because it bugged me of course it bugged most of us that it bugged me really that how uh, and if I, okay, we had, had not spoken to the person in, in almost one and a half years, but when I was just ruminating, it just came to my spirit that when, when people change, there is something called spiritual circle. I know people overemphasize it and say uh, spiritual tribe, spiritual tribe, spiritual tribe, blah, 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 blah. People use it. People have over-bastardized that word now, spiritual tribe. This is the tribe I belong to. This, But there is something because people o- overstretch the truth, the truth is true under certain conditions. If you overstretch it, it becomes falsehood. That you know, that's where the grace um, grace message falls short. You stretch grace, you use it to cover the judgment side of God. You are looking for trouble. So I was thinking that how did that happen? But then it it occurred to me that when people change their spiritual circle. When you detach yourself from a, cent- a spiritual setting, it's like somebody that leaves the, the, the church in Jerusalem and goes to Antioch. There is a good chance that if the people at Antioch are not sensitive enough to pick what the devil is trying to do in their midst, they are going to have trouble. It is, that, it is just that the people of Jerusalem will hear about it. But because the person has detached from that place, it is unlikely that God will go and bother those people with what is about to happen. That's why now everybody will now hear and be like, oh. So all the people I ended up speaking to, they'll be like, oh, ah, we haven't spoken in almost two years. We haven't spoken in one and a half years. There was almost nobody that had, had any contact in, in less than a year. And the only thing happened with somebody, you know. Anyway, the point is, there is something about the, the child of God is not supposed to exist alone. There is, there is, that's why God puts us in, in he says he was the one that sets the solitary family. It is also God that, that, that he said we should not, we should not ignore the fellowship of, of be fellow believers. And then, you know, all this, and then after that, there is now still the aspect of the Lord Jesus Christ, as powerful as he was, he understood being we he understood going in a community he had disciples not beyond the 12 he had the 70. he had several several of them like that so the lord jesus imagine if he didn't send out the 12 or at some point didn't send out the 70. apart from the fact that he 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 wasn't being a good teacher if he didn't allow them to be tested he would kill himself imagine if the lord just said that all the 70 people you are going to go and preach to, don't go there. Me, myself, with all the Holy Ghost I have, I will go house to house to go and speak to everybody. You think he will survive? You think he will make it to the cross? He will die before the cross. 
there is a there is there is the place where you must acknowledge where your hands reach and where you need somebody taller than you to help you pick it that is why even though i'm i'm a bigger i'm i'm showing us that we need to pray and how to pray effectively we must still also recognize that we we are not alone if you have to prosecute all your own matters by yourself you will suffer because there are things that god has already settled with other people you know i was, I was listening to i was speaking to a friend of mine recently and, and he was telling me about uh, a, a situation where a servant of god he went to a meeting and god said all the money you have so in this meeting so he did and he didn't have any savings did he? all the money basically dropped that was all the money he had in heaven and on earth so he sold it so it was now time to go home from he went with the brother the brother didn't know what happened so the brother was staying with him but the brother didn't know what happened so it was time for after meeting let's go and have lunch so the man of god said ah brother do you have some money so we can go and eat they went to the restaurant the brother said sure 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 you know I'm, you are cuckoo pay my rent so what is it to buy one meal for you so they got there and when they finished eating it was time to pay and they said somebody had paid they never knew who paid somebody paid for their food they went home he said he got home and and as he was getting in somebody started to call him and say and and somebody was like in front of his like i've been looking for you i've been looking for you what happened what happened what happened the lord said i must give you my tithes this month and i've been looking for you i've been looking for you, I've been looking for you. so the person came this was a minister of god in a foreign land it was not at home so, so the person came and gave him his tithe and said ah, this is my type so that was the money the hand of god was managing and then the lord came and said because you have done this i'm going to bless you with a special gift of revelation such that you will see things in scriptures that people cannot see and when you hear that person speak you will know that these connections that this person is making is not from textbooks is not from bible commentary it is not dicks or strongs or weak or whichever one it is the only ghost showing this person things and i and then so he now goes to preach somewhere and then he now goes and lays hand on a, a, a younger minister and says everything god has given me may the lord give you imagine if the other minister needed to pray to get to that level of revelation how long do you think it will take him yet somebody that that got it by their obedience and said this this gift of revelation that they so yes you can you, you can do a lot of things with your prayer but you must recognize when somebody already has what you need and you must be humble enough to go and say if you if you know someone that god has given the gift of this in our midst there is no crime in going to a person and say oh by the way god has shown you this uh, and 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 can we pray together can we discuss it together what do you think what do you not think and all that God will help us in Jesus. Now, I need to wrap this up for today. If you go to verse... Uh, let, so I was saying that our prayers must be perpetual, must be regular, like the Lord said in Luke 18. And you know, men. the Lord said in Luke 18 that men ought to pray and not to faint. Is that in your Bible? That if you're a man, your job is to pray. 
you know that the Lord God himself, you know Jesus is in heaven as a man, yes or no? So when we get to heaven, we, we, we will see the nail prints in his hands, the hole in his hand, and the hole in his feet, the hole in his side. All those things are there as a man. That, and even Jesus in heaven as a man, the Bible says he sits at the right hand of God doing what? That means Jesus the man is still doing the business of praying. That means as if you are spirit, you might not need to pray, but if you are man, including Jesus Christ, the man, is still in heaven praying. So if you do not pray, not being prayerless is not just that the devil can catch you. It is that you, it is a lack of understanding of who you, of, of your makeup, because you are not, you are not created to exist by yourself. You are created to be dependent on your creator. So not praying in itself is a sign of ignorance, of not knowing your own setting, your own makeup. It's a sign of arrogance. That you think you are telling God that, oh, I can handle my business. I do not need you to help me. It's a sign of lack of understanding. And people like that will not go. You cannot go far in life because without praying. Because there are, not every situation is within your control. Not every situation, you can, has it happened to you before that? I remember I was going to write an exam and you know, we had made the arrangements. Uh, the people that would drive me to the exam hall and all that. So it was jammed that time. And, you know, we woke up very early. We got into the car. The two uncles and myself at the back. I'm sitting at the back just going through past questions, feeling like, oh, boy, this is going to be easy and all that and all that. And as we got, to, we were going to Elisha from, yeah, from home, obviously. We got to Lagere our tire popped. This was very early on Saturday morning on jam money. You know how that kind of money is active. Our tire <laughs> decided it was a good time to stop working. So they had to remove the tire. They had to... There was nobody to fix it. They had to carry from like a carry back home, try to get the spare and all that. This was morning jam. Eventually, we got the car fixed. We headed to Elisha. By the time we got to Elisha, they had started the exam. It started about 40 minutes already. I'm outside begging the woman. She thought that maybe I went to look for expo. I'm like, see, I'm here with my uncles. Our tire popped and all that. I said, okay, fine, come inside. I got inside. My space where I was supposed to sit, there was no table, there was no chair. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to go out. <laughs> I had to go. I cannot. I cannot forget. I I went to the school to look for table and chair. I carried the chair. Pastor Togwe carried the table. <laughs> Put it on his head. <laughs> we are running just to go get to the exam. By the time I settled down, we were about maybe an hour and a half had gone. Of all, how many hours is it? Two and a half hours or three hours? I've I'd lost almost fifty percent of the time. So I sat there, English this way, maths, uh, physics, uh, maths, math, what is it? Physics, chemistry, biology on the other side. So you do some on this column, you put it to one side, and you grab the next one, do some, put it to one side. Like, I, there was no time for cross-checking. You made up your mind about the answer and just chose it and just move on. <laughs> the rest is up to God. <laughs> you know, 
The result came out. I remember the day the result came out because they are told that their mom, the old drama, and everybody was just like, ah, we'll see what God will do. I was in the shower when the results came out, and mommy was like, ah, you passed, you passed, you passed, you passed. But you know, your, your best plans, that jamba was, I was feeling like, and I was so upset with the way it went that, you know, I went to A levels, then I said I was, go- I wrote another jamba at A levels. They did not give me my result. No, I lost the jam slip. So till today I don't know what I scored, <laughs> but but it was you know it wasn't necessary because I already got in and all that. But the point is your best laid plans. The enemy can torpedo it. Your your you know you're a professor of religious studies in your mind you know who Jesus is you know this, and then you get a house girl who is a witch, and she will wrap you around her. All your religious, all your professorship of religious studies will not save you from that 16-year-old witch that is in your, in your house. So, you know, we need to learn to pray. We'll still look at other aspects of prayer, but we need to learn to pray. If you look at that verse 9, for example, that Exodus 30, verse 9 says, You shall not offer strange incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And basically, that's to say, no strange incense. You cannot pray witchcraft prayers. You cannot pray self-righteous prayers. You cannot pray prideful prayers. You cannot pray hateful prayers. You, the only prayer that, uh, the kind of prayers that are acceptable are the kind of prayers that the Lord Jesus Christ himself prayed. And you know there, you're saying that you, no burnt offering, no, no, no drink offering, no grain offering on that particular altar. Because all of those are functions of the altar of sacrifice that you would have gone from you know when the priest enters enters the the temple the tabernacle he fa- the first thing item he faces is the altar of sacrifice the brazen lava is to this place and then it, you know like that like that it progresses until he gets to the only of holy so god was saying that no burnt offering on the altar of incense no meat offering there no drink offering because if you read leviticus and uh, exodus leviticus those are items that you would have dealt with at the altar of sacrifice you would have burnt your offering there you would have done your meat offering there you would have done your grain offering you have done ev- that is to say when we pray he, 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 prayer every prayer we pray is should be a reflection of our growth and our progress in god you cannot it you cannot you cannot start every prayer you pray with the sinner's prayer it is the spirit of religion that makes you say you want to start praying and the first thing you say is oh my father all the sins i have sinned the ones i know about the ones i do not know about please it is a sign of a lack of understanding you 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 not you cannot so at the altar of incense god expects that you have dealt all the things about sin all the things about transgressions and everything you are dealt with it at the altar of sacrifice so now you are standing at the altar of incense in the righteousness of jesus that's why this altar says don't this is not the place for but if you still need to do burnt offering take a few steps out to the altar of sacrifice go do your burnt offering that is to say yes there are times that we need to generally speaking we 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 when we repent of all our sins we are forgiven we are the children of god but there are also times that we fail we do we transgress and all that at those times of course we need to repent but repentance should not be your go-to prayer as if as, as if you know people do it as if they are preempting and see i don't know if i want to say this but 
as a child of God, you are forgiven, right? When you repent of you, when you accept Jesus Christ, all the things you have seen up until that point, they are forgiven. There is the potential for forgiveness for any other one you do afterwards. But it is not a given if you don't repent. But what usually happens is that anything you need to repent of, the Holy Ghost, you know, you know, you know the Holy Ghost is our seal of redemption. That is to say, he knows when your redemption and your salvation is threatened. So the Holy Ghost can bring to your mind and say, this particular issue, you need to deal with it. That particular issue, you need to deal with it. So if the Holy Ghost has not brought the matter into your hand, it is religion to be saying, Lord, all the sins I, I, I may have said. Did the Holy Ghost say you sinned? Did your conscience say you sinned? And even if your conscience condemns you, God is what is greater than your conscience. But this is where it now becomes an issue. Once the Holy Ghost brings it to your mind and says, that thing you did yesterday, if you don't deal, at the point where the Holy Ghost brings it, it now becomes a snare. If you, if you now ignore it, because what you would have done is that you would have ignored the, the menorah and you would say you want to pray. So that's why many times if you need to pray and the Holy Ghost says, like those of us that are married, if you need to pray and the Holy Ghost says, mm, the way you spoke to your husband or your wife 10 minutes ago, if you, if you say, I want to continue that prayer, I will apologize later, you have prayed to yourself. What the ideal thing is to pause that prayer and go in and say, whether you are, whether it is grudgingly or grudgingly or however you say, okay, um, um, ma, sir, <laughs> the the thing I said <laughs> the other time, please, please don't be upset. And then when you have done that and the person has said, okay, it's fine, then you can go back and do your prayers. I was it Joyce Meyer that said some time ago that I think when she quit her job, God told her. All the pencils she stole, all the pens she stole from her previous job, <laughs> she should go and return. You know, you know what it looks like for you to 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 enter your former place of work. Now you're a pastor. Now you have to go back and say, "Oh, by the way, I need to return a ruler. I need to return a pencil. I need to return a pen." <laughs> The other way you could do it is put everything in an envelope and just mail it to them. <laughs> but God help you if God wants you to do it. You know, the Holy Ghost has a way of, of, of breaking us so that we are, we are malleable, we are foldable, we are moldable. If that is what it will take to break you into pieces so that God can actually use you, that's what's going to happen. And if you don't do it by yourself, you have put a limit to how much God can work with you. So in closing, which is already so long, I'm just going to read verse 10 and then we'll close. Verse 10 says, And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it. Throughout your generations it is most holy to the Lord. The, 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 the atonement, basically what it does is some of the blood that is taken to the holy of holies basically you cannot pass through the tabernacle without blood so you kill the sacrifice on the altar of sacrifice outside you collect the blood you carry the blood you get to the uh, where it's really when it's time to enter the you know you enter the holy of holies once a year aaron so by that but at that point it goes it touches the horns of the altar that is to say you still it's not that 
you now the, because the, the one side is that you repent every single time the other side is to not repent at all that whether the Holy Ghost, you know, you know, people will be arguing. The, the Holy Ghost is telling you that that thing you did is not right. You are saying all your sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven. God help you. According to God's description, yeah, there will still be the need to touch up and say, okay, uh, uh, this is where I've misbehaved. Please forgive me. You will still need blood on that altar, and then the rest of that blood you take it to the Holy of Holies. So that that is is a description of 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 how of a protocol of prayer, of how prayer works, even from the Old Testament. Maybe next week we'll continue and we'll see why we need to pray. The the reason we need to pray. You you know it, the the uh, next week maybe I'll, I'll speak to us. I'll show us how. Prayer helps our spiritual authority. Remember Moses and 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 in 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 Egypt, he went there, but he threw down his snake, his rod. He became a snake. You remember, James and Jambres came, threw down their own. He became snakes too. But what did Aaron, what did Aaron's own did? He swallowed their own. Did they stop there? No. He made blood. The first plague, blood. The Bible says they also did it. Second plague, frogs. They also did it. Third plague, gnats, lice. That's when they said, oh, by the way, this is the finger of God. There would always, as children of God, children of God that do not pray, that do not progress in spiritual authority, with prayer as one of the ways of progressing spiritual authority, you would always be dwelling it with spiritual forces. You know, the Bible calls, calls Jesus the head of principalities and powers. And that means they are all in cadence. Jesus is just at the top of the ladder. So unless you ascend up that ladder, such that when God started to now roll out different levels of plagues in Egypt, they could not replicate it. So at some point, if, if it's just, if we remain at the lower levels of spiritual authority, we'll be dwelling it with frogs. Frogs represent lying spirits. we dwelling it with, 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 with snakes, deception, and all those things. But there is a point that we can get in God where we have traveled beyond those things. And one of the ways we can get there is through prayer. Can we just burn our heads wherever we are? We will look at that in more, in more depth next week. But just bow down your heads wherever you are and just respond to God. God expects us to pray. And like I, I've told us earlier, praying is, there are, praying is simply talking to God. Whether you are talking to God on the bus, whether you are talking to God in your bedroom, it's not every time, you know, the, the Lord Jesus was speaking of the Pharisees, they stand in the corner when they are praying. Those ones have received their rewards. You can pray and nobody can even hear you. All sorts of people just respond to God that by the end that God will give us a clear understanding of what prayer is and how to go about praying. You cannot pray with the Holy, without the Holy Ghost. Prayer is supposed to be a consistent thing, a perpetual, a regular thing. Prayer is supposed to is not supposed to be a thing of of everyday repentance, everyday repentance. Every minute you want to pray, you first repent. That's not what God is talking about. Just ask that the Lord would help you to pray prayers that are answerable. If 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 prayer of repentance was everything, which sin was when every time Jesus prayed, what sin was he repenting of? He had no sin. So let's just speak to God that God will give us the strength, that we'll understand what Christian, true Christianity is. We won't just be playing religion. We'll we won't just be playing church. 
many people play church many people play religion the things they hear doesn't they, those things don't change them in any way but that would not be our story just say lord help me lord help me lord help all of us in the name of jesus in jesus name we pray father we thank you for this morning thank you for your word pray that more than we can say that holy spirit to expand this word in our hearts in the name of jesus teach us to really really pray teach us to understand what you require of us in prayer to understand that we cannot prosecute anything on earth for you without praying in the name of jesus thank you father in jesus name we pray amen